family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is also brought to you by Sosby's Garage. You heard a little clip on that. He is in search for some master mechanics. You want a good place to work for and a good band to work for, go see John Sosby at, uh, in Loganville. On every show, we feature businesses and organizations and people in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security issues, not all are about physical security. And we will touch on that and other related aspects of security as we go through the course of our shows. You know, as everybody knows, right now we're right in the middle of political season, which seems like right now it's, seven, it's 24-7, 365 every day every year so but right now is very this year is a very important election there's a lot going on and one of the things that i try to do is i try to give people a voice a little avenue here to go in a work and getting their message out along with what they're doing on a daily basis to do that i'm very honored today to have mr johnny christ here with me mm-hmm. he is the uh, mayor of lilburn former Former, yes, former Mayor Lilburn. You have to give it all up. Yeah, you had to give it up to do something crazy like this, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, you know, one of the things, you're running for House District 108, 108. right? 108. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I remembered that. Good for you. It's Lilburn and up to Snellville, Lawrenceville, over to Stone Mountain. Pretty good uh, sized district. Heading over to Tucker, yeah. <laughs> thousands and thousands, thousands of people. people. Yeah. Um, you know, we've known each other for about, I guess, about eight years. And yeah, where did we connect? What was the original? I think the original connection was, here's that word again, CID. Really? I think the first place I met you was over at the CID meetings. You started coming in, and I was like, who is this little guy? Who's this guy, yeah. yeah. What's he doing here? What does he know? Yeah, and all of a sudden you started talking, <laughs> so I said, who is he? <laughs> Somebody said, that's the mayor. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I used to come to those meetings because you gave out free Chick-fil-A breakfast. Yes, biscuits. that's why I came to it. Yeah, that'll, that'll get me every time. <laughs> that was one of the few places that gave something really good to eat. That was nice. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot changed in the in the years that you know we've known each other it's mm-hmm. just and unfortunately not all of it's good and i understand you've been in pastor really for your pretty much your entire career and you've gotten deeply involved in community and community issues and and you know how in the world does someone make a transition from the pulpit 
the mayor's race, well, into the mayor, into being a mm-hmm. mayor, uh, from preacher to mayor. Yeah, crazy journey, it certainly is. Uh, you know, along the way, uh, Rick, I have, uh, I prepared my entire life to pastor a church, and so I did for 30 years, deeply involved, and we purchased a home in downtown Lilburn, and the house just was directly across the street from the city park and from the city council. And so I would see things that happened in the city park, or I saw that the city was going to make a, uh, an, uh, listen to an application. Uh, one of them was for, to put a garage, uh, an automotive garage in downtown Lilburn. And I thought, that's odd. Kind of doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. I'm the only guy I know that went to Williamsburg on his uh, honeymoon. And I like historic uh, restoration. I love beauty. And so I went to protest, not to protest, to speak against the application. So I did that. And when I got back to my seat, several people around me just poked me. And I'll never forget this and said, you need to run for city council. And I thought, no, no, no. That's a big step from just an argument. Yeah, I am a pastor type guy and I've got I'm restoring a house and I've got kids and I don't never took a course in uh, political science. So I'm just not your guy. But that happened uh, over a lot uh, over a number of years and finally my wife said well why don't you run and so i went down and paid a hundred dollars you for, said yes ma'am <laughs> <laughs> i paid a hundred dollars nobody ran against me for a hundred dollars i became a councilman in the city of lilburn and the moment that i got sworn in i knew i had to be the mayor because i didn't think the city was well run and if you have a business if it's not well run you're out of business but not so in cities you can nope. keep on going because you get tax revenue and so that began a process to me. And then every Sunday after church, I would do a benediction and I'd raise my hands over all these people and I'd say, now go be the hands and feet of Jesus, get connected. And then I thought, well, where do I get connected? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a Christian environment all the time. And, and how do I serve in the community? So I just started serving. One thing led to another. And then I ultimately felt I need to give my entire energy i when i got elected i told the church hey don't worry i'll be your mayor i'll be your pastor forever and i'll be the mayor and, and all as well it all goes together it's it, easy yeah and it was not so not easy. so i wanted to give 100 percent of my time and effort into leading the city so after i'm doing that for uh, i was the mayor for eight years and just got um, uh, voted in for my next term so it had been 12 years and i had this sense of uh uh, I was driving over to Tucker. I'll never forget. I was on the road, and I got a call from the uh, house rep and said, Johnny, would you run for this seat? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He said, uh, it was Clay Cox, and he said, would you get off the bench and run for this seat? And my first thought was, wait a minute. You think being mayor is being on the bench? I'm Kind of <laughs> more like out of the frying pan and get down into the yeah. fire. <laughs> Yeah. So after thinking about that and considering, I thought, yes, that does sound like me to be at the state house versus the city. And so resigned everything, put it on the line to run for state house represents. Well, that's a that's a big step from yes. pastor, mm-hmm. dad, husband up to running for the state house and all the stuff that you've gone through. That's that's quite a transition. But what I felt is along the way, everybody has their own uh vocabulary you know if you're in computers there's all this stuff you have to but when you get in state government or city government state government we have all these little 
things, SPLOST, CID, DDA, these names. and, and then All these letters. The letters. And then how do you think about this? And so they send us off for training. You know, So for eight years, I not only have on-the-job training, but then you also have uh, conversations with other mayors and seminars. And you think through these issues. And as mayor, I can... Uh, cite somebody for tall grass or the house paint or put a sidewalk in or do renovations and i think we've done an incredible job in the city of lilburn of just transforming a city but we only can make ordinances at the state you make laws Mm -hmm. at the local level you try to we're all living together but at the state when you're actually crafting laws this is how we're going to live this is our marching orders our constitution of what it takes to make a republic or a civilization um, move forward yes and so i thought that is a pretty tall order i want to be in on that conversation well you know there's so much going on today there's so many changes going on and there's so many nationwide there's so many laws being written not even really mm-hmm. laws. It's more like they're making ordinances now at the at the federal level. But there's so much going on that we need more people in at the state level at the grassroots and be able to start affecting because I don't know. I'm sure you're like me. The Constitution gives all that authority to the states, but we're not taking it. We're not mm-hmm. we're not doing what the states are supposed to do. We're passing it off in too many circumstances to the federal government. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time that the states start acting like states. <laughs> like what's supposed to do. Like and start Exactly. Doing what they're supposed to do, which I think is basically what you're looking at doing, is you want to get in there and, and do it the way it's supposed to be done by the Constitution. Well, let me tell you these two parallel thoughts that go on in my life. As a pastor, the, the guide line the book the bible is how we live Mm -hmm. and i'll make this very christian because this is really the truth and people have said well the bible doesn't mean what it what you think it means it it, that's for then this is now so that that's an irrelevant document and it's the identical thing that's going on at the the constitution the constitution the constitution's old they had muskets back then they weren't addressing uh, uh, the same issues that we're doing, and it's the same argument. Let's nullify that document, however we can. Let's get around it. And I just am a constitutionalist. It is that what it is. It is, <laughs> it is, and it has served us well for hundreds of years. And it was written in a miraculous kind of way. The Constitution. I, I just read the uh, biography of uh, John Adams and. Just seeing those guys, and you know they're all in their 20s and early young. 30s that wrote this, the, the Declaration. The Benjamin Constitu- Franklin was about the oldest one in there, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't know his age, but these were young men, brilliant minds, and it's almost the same kind of miraculous coming together to form this country as you see in the Bible. And they're both argued as not. And so I just believe, wait a minute, we've got to live by this constitution the federal constitution and the state constitution our bylaws mm-hmm. this is how we function together and and, and so, it works so i'm rabid about that yes yeah. absolutely well you know you got all these these most of them like you say fairly young men sitting around in hot sweaty rooms mm-hmm. arguing both for and against and arguing points 
And they did this for, you know, for weeks. They sat in these hot rooms. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, they didn't have the old air conditioning like we got. They just had sweat. Hashing this stuff out and finally come up to an agreeable. And you look at it and you read it, and it's amazing what they hashed out and came up with. How could you capitalize? How could you make it better? What in the world would... You can't, but you can sure make it worse. You don't (laughs) make it worse. (laughs) But, um, you know, getting to this position as a a House representative requires a lot of work. Hmm. I know that you've knocked on a lot of doors. And we were talking earlier. uh, I'll let you talk about the knocking on the doors, and I'll tell my little story here in a minute. And uh, we'll talk about the door knocking, but... Tell me what, what benefit it is to you and how many doors you've knocked on. And hmm. I know basically several thousand. Yeah, my wife said, don't brag, don't brag. <laughs> I mean, brag. But uh, uh, everybody has a strategy of how you get to an elected position. So when I was mayor about eight years ago, or tw- well, I guess it was 12 years ago now, I thought, I, people know me, they know where I live, I've served the community just as being a guy. But I thought, I've got to meet the people. And how do you meet people? Do you invite them to your, a big event? Well, that's one way, and sometimes that's effective, and you have to do that for a, a large. But I thought, I'm going to go door to door. So I did that and knocked on several hundred doors in Lilburn and won the position of being the mayor of the city of Lilburn. And so now for House Seat 108, I thought, wow, this is a pretty big deal here. There are about 40,000 people. A lot of walking. A lot of walking. How do you do that? So I had this silly idea. I'm going to buy a golf cart. So I went out and bought a brand-new golf cart and had one of our um, um, artists in the city tricked it all out with my picture and, (laughs) and all this stuff on the side. And I have a trailer, a little garden trailer. I put it on the trailer, and then I created a moving billboard out of the trailer i just had some sign people so it's eight feet tall and eight feet, and our cool. pictures on there so i load this trailer or this card in the trailer and i go door to door in fact i sold everything all the this is my full-time job so every day i knock on 80 doors and i've been doing this now and the only reason i knock on 80 rick is because if i do more then it just gets into this blaring sun in Georgia. You know, it's 104 degrees. Oh, no, excuse me. It feels like 104. Yeah, it's probably in the early 90s. And I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And so as of Friday, we I knocked on five. I turned over 5,000 doors that wow. I've knocked on. And I think I can get almost to 10,000. Um, recently, a couple of college kids said, hey, we want to help you. So yesterday we w- knocked on 160 doors with the help of uh, I saw those two young men. Yeah, so they, uh, they're on, on the – but I did all of them alone until about two weeks ago because I want to meet people. I want to look into an eye and say, what is on your mind? What's the biggest thing to you? What? And I want them to say, hey, that's – you're that guy on that sign right out there? That's you on the literature? Yes, that's me. I'm here to talk to you because you're not going to come. Uh, if you don't speak English, you're not coming to an event that I'm going to do. If you're from um, uh, India, there's a lot of uh, people from India in our community, and you're not going to come if you can't speak the language or you know I'm going to serve a, a hamburger, not curry or something like that. So I want to be where the people are. I want to see how you live. I want. And here's my biggest discovery. You want to know this? Everybody has a dog. 
Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I didn't realize that when I, I I learned now to put the literature on the door first and then ring the doorbell. <laughs> so when you run, you still so leave it there. <laughs> I can still get out of there. Those dogs come crashing. And so it's interesting to me. I noticed in some real high-level subdivisions that the Indian community puts a kitchen in their garage. They eat. They prepare their food in the garage. There are tables in the garage. Now they have these big screens. They put the garage door up, have these big screens, and that's their community there. And I said, why do you do this? And they said, because of the smell. We, we don't want the curry to yeah. infiltrate the house. And, and there are lots of, lots of Indians, people that are doing this. And so now I know, I understand that the why before. And then I was in a Muslim's house yesterday. Uh, no, this is... It was two days ago, and it's scorching hot. And this woman is in the backyard with a construction crew that she had invited over to her house, and she's there in a sweatshirt with a hoodie on it. I didn't know she was Muslim. And I said, why do you have your hood up? And she said, well, Muslim women wear these. these." And that set us off into a conversation for a half hour to learn about these customs of the burqa and of the, mm-hmm. the shiri, oh, it was fascinating. And so that's how you get to know a community. You know where people live. I went to a subdivision on Friday of last week, and I have on my push card or my handbill, front one side's English and the other side's his, uh, Spanish. And I went to this subdivision, and every person in that subdivision was Spanish. And I said, oops, I got halfway through it, and I said, this is not helpful. I need, so I called some people. I said, can you come and translate? Because we can smile, we can laugh, and hola, que tal, you know, but that's not going to tell So I'm going back now with a translator that will go door-to-door with me in that subject. Cool. We have incredible diversity in Lilburn. Not well, so every place else. county has got yeah. extremely diversified, and or d- diversity is heavy. You know, the story I was talking about was I had a good friend that was running for a position in the politics, and one of the things that, that she did was that she went to a lot of events that people had for her, and but that, I told her, I said, you know, here's the problem with that. These are all people that vote for you. You know, these are all people that you know you're going to vote. You're not reaching a single extra person. What you need to do is you need to get out and knock door to door to door, touch people, mm-hmm. shake their hand, look totally. them in the eye, ask for their vote, thank totally. them for listening to you. Totally. And the example was I found out uh, after, the, after the election is I had uh, talked to my son-in-law, and he was going to vote for this person that was a friend of mine. And come to find out, the, her opponent had come by and <laughs> come up and shook his hand, introduced himself, talked to him, asked for his vote, and guess what? He voted for him. Works, doesn't it? You know, it, it, it works. If you don't get out and knock on doors, mm-hmm. then you're not showing the interest that needs to be shown. Not mm-hmm. that she didn't. She worked her rear end off to do this. But there's smart working and there's hard working. Work in the areas and the focus of what's going to work to your benefit and not right. necessarily just spin your wheels. I could tell you those stories. I've, I've gone to homes, lots of them, not one, lots of them, where somebody said, 
Sir, I've lived in this house for 28 years. Never one time did anybody come to, I'm voting for you just because you're out here asking me in the hot sun and showing some effort to do this. And I'm like, and you're not in our party or you're not, I'm a Republican and a conservative and you're, and I so appreciate that. Uh, I, yesterday I knocked on the door and the guy came and I said, Hey, I'm Johnny, but let's not talk about this. Your yard is unbelievable. I've never seen a yard like it. This was like a masterpiece, like a, a postcard or a better calendar. homes and gardens. Yeah, better than mine, that's for sure. And and so he's he was only two. He's a landscaper, and he said, "I do." So he's got waterfalls. He's got a hot. Or a, he's got these fish going on. He's got this, and he did it all. And I was just amazed, totally. And I was involved in his life. And he was yeah. very grateful to be able to show me this stuff. Never when he was Hispanic, so we we talked, but never once brought up. And I got on my Facebook page last night, and his wife said, "I'm so sorry I missed him. Please bring a sign for my yard." Awesome. And I never once talked about what I said. I I wanted to say, we're in the same community. I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to just be. A guy care. that cares about somebody else. And that's what I think we're missing in the political environment right now, where people like, I go to some of these meetings and I want to hold my nose because people are so full of themselves. And they're and vitriolic. And, yes. And who do you think, you don't know who I am? Uh, no, I think you're just like me. And uh, where do we, when have we lost our civility, our sense of, hey, well, I approach this, Rick, more like a pastor <laughs> because people are hurting, and some of them are hurting financially, some of them are hurting relationship, relationally, some of them are hurting because they can't move from their present state of condition. They want to move. So I just want to help people in that environment say, hey, we're in the same community. Let's all rise together. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about um, pretty much personal stuff and, and, mm-hmm. and how you feel about it. What about some of the main issues that are going on in our county right now that if you are elected, you're going to have to deal with? Absolutely. Um, Such as, for instance, our education system, the way it's going and where we used to be way up there in the top ranks and now we're way down there. Actually, the Broad Broad Prize was retired because Gwinnett County kept winning it three years in a row, two years in a row, and I think then they retired the prize. And that was was awesome to win it in a row in in (coughs) succession. But now we're lucky to even crack. I think we're 66. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say we're lucky to crack 50, but we haven't done that yet lately. But, yeah. So what are your thoughts about how do we address this? I mean, what what are the issues of CRT, all that junk, if you want to talk about it? it not top floor is yours. Well, it's very kind. The, uh, the number one issue that I get when I knock on a door is not what we think. It's not the uh, police protection, it's not the economy, it's not, it's working together. I have heard that again and again. This thing is broken. Why can't people work together to reach a common sense conclusion? Mm -hmm. And so I think we need a whole new environment of how in the world we get legislative policy decisions made when I can really hear, you're a human being and you have values and I've got values and often they clash when they clash 
do I have to reject you? Do you have to look at me and call me a name? Can exactly. we not say, let in this legislation was voted in, do we have to just attack everybody on these issues? Uh, but then the, the, the three top issues, uh, after I hear people just say, I wish, I, I think our government system is broken, um, then the, the top issue that I hear is uh, inflation mm-hmm. and taxes. That and how we, because we, in the Lilburn area, we have a number of people that are just existing, very poor. It's that way all uh, over. Working poor. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's good to it's know. It's any good to know. <laughs> yeah. And then when we get to education, that's a Gwinnett County feature because why do you live in Gwinnett? You came here because of the educational. So you heard about it. You said, I'm going to live in the Atlanta market. Where do you live in it? Go to Gwinnett County because your kid uh, is going to get a great education. Tops. Yes. And so now that is a, a wrestling match. That's the war going on right now in our in our county over the direction uh, that the school board is going versus the direction that we've been on, the trajectory, and why this disparity. And so we have a thing called uh, Freedom of Education Act, and that is where we have vouchers that you can say, I don't have to go to this school system because my zip code requires me to. If it's a failing system, if it's not working for my family, I want to be on the part of saying we want educational freedom. If you want to homeschool your child and you're paying your taxes to the public school system, we ought to be able to compensate you to say, do it your way. The parent knows best about the educational needs of the children versus the school system. So, um, and then everybody says, well, if you take money out of the school system, we're going to go broke. And we have all these, and these are just paper uh, uh, house kind of arguments that says you can't do this. Why can't we do this? Well, because... I have a lock. We don't have a teachers union in the uh, state of Georgia, fortunately, Mm -hmm. but we do have um, a budget that goes to education, and a lot of our money (laughs) is going to education. Between education and police force in our city, you know, that's that's our budget, Uh, or that's a strong uh, portion of it. So uh, I clearly want freedom of education, to be able to have a, a parent say, this is where my child should go to work. And we do it already. We already have a piece of that, but it's for the uh, handicapped community and not for just a regular child. So let's say my child is really heading for Georgia Tech or MIT or some other just school that I could never get in. Why wouldn't we give them an ability to go to the finest uh charter school or the uh, STEM school up in Duluth or in uh, wherever, I think it's a Duluth address up there, and prepare that child for the next step in his education. What if somebody wants to be a mechanic so he can go to or, uh, some kind of trade? Let's get them in schools that are going to prepare them for the way that they've been. And what they uh, want to do. What they want to do, yeah. And then we have to give... Uh, you know, I have eight children. I don't know if you know that, but I did not know growing that. as the God bless you. yeah, <laughs> I wish we would have had fifteen. There, as adults, it's just so wonderful, you know, to have kids spread out all over the country and just to live with them as adult or treat them as adults, speak adults and all. But I had to live on a budget. I couldn't just go put stuff on a credit card and then say, oh, "Don't worry about paying it all." And it, who's going to pay? And so we have one responsibility is the state government and that is to craft a budget and fortunately under Kemp's leadership 
we got too much money. And he said, let's give it back. And that is, <laughs> and that that is the right what a, thing what a to thought. do. <laughs> yes. You've over, if I go to a counter and I, I appreciate somebody says, wait a minute, sir, I just charged you $15 and it was only $13. Here's $2. I, well, that's honest. And I also want to go, if you charge me $13 or $15 and I, I don't want to, I want it fair and square yeah, so that I'm paying ways. for it. Bo- it. The door swings both ways. And so Kemp is saying, let's not just invest this money in some new program or something like that, because every time you put a new program, you try to pull it away or you try you to do reduce it. it. You can't do it. And so I just so appreciate a budget that is um, balanced and a budget that says, we're in the, we did that in the city as well. In the city of Lilburn, I think we're out of the 16 cities in the county. I think we're the only debt-free city. I think so, but I could be wrong in that. We don't borrow any money. We have uh, money in the bank to be able to sustain ourselves. During my leadership, I never had a, entertained a tax increase in wow. eight years. I said, nope, we're not in competition with Duluth and Swanee. And, you know, no, no, this is our money. And we're a little town. We're not like some big, we're not the county seat. And so we're just going to grow this city generically debt-free. So no loans, no borrowing. Every building we put in the air is going to be paid for (laughs) when it's up. And it's just a wonderful way to live. You know, I noticed when they first started talking about the over overage and and Kim started talking about giving it back. Yes. There were several people, and they're running for office today, that the first thing out of there was, we don't need to send that back. We need to spend it here or spend it there. We, we've we yep. got that. What are you talking about? Let's give so-and-so a raise. Let's, you, yeah. know, you know, no. We, you know, I'm totally in agreement with you. That is money that it's your money. we it's thought money. we were going to need. Mm-hmm. We don't need. Give it back. Oh, I've heard a person say, it's just such little, it, it's not really, wait a minute. You add it all up, you, and it's not little. <laughs> yeah. It may be little per person, but even every every little bit that Everything you get back helps. of your own money, yeah. I mean, it's it's not so much the amount, it's just the fact that you did it. We were, I was driving out yesterday with my golf cart, um, heading out to knock on doors and there was a big line in the parking lot at the city of Lilburn at City Hall and I said oh I know what that is it's a food giveaway the line was through the parking lot out on the street on Main Street for people to say I need help I can't do this thank you for the groceries you're about to give me and they were loaning and I think that's what it was I, I can't be certain but that's what it was before, and so I'm quite on. I'm quite, hey, here's the first thing. That does I, happen. It does. Yeah, on and, a regular basis now. Yeah, and people need help because of this inflation out of the control. Everything is so more expensive. But here's the first thing I'm going to do when I get elected. If, if, that was my next question. Oh, if why don't you say it? I'd love to hear your question. What are you planning <laughs> on doing when you get into office? Because we know you're going to yeah. get there. Oh, that's so very kind. Uh, the very first thing I want to do, Rick, is be appointed to the Agricultural Committee. Now, I come from interesting. An, an Amish background. We're from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, York, Lancaster. My, We had a dairy. We had a farm. Our farmers in Georgia are being attacked with frivolous lawsuits 
because of the smell of a farm, mm -hmm. the runoff into a stream that's a mile away, and the, the excrement from cows or <laughs> from is going to go. And these we're putting third generation farmers out of business or greatly reducing their ability to farm. If we don't farm, we don't eat. We exactly. have got to treat our farmers well. I think it's our number one uh, industry in the state, I think. And it, but this is a – and uh, um, we have subdivisions being built, and people don't want the noise. They don't want the smell, and they have environmental things that are of concern, and they're suing our farmers, and farmers are having to – Go out of business because they can't business. afford the suits. Canada, yeah. It's like so a, a meme on a politician I saw not too long ago said, why do we need farmers? We can just go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say which meme that. Oh, that, no, there's which a politician thought. that was. There was, is a thought. But the initials were AOC. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, there are so many things going on. Uh, you, you have the education issues. You have mm -hmm. the inflation issues. Mm -hmm. All of this stuff that happens at the federal government, at some point, you know, when it comes down, we have a way of affecting it from the state levels because we, we, in turn, are the voice of the people, and we're supposed to be supposed to be the people that run the government. When you really get down to it, how do you see yourself impacting that, mm -hmm. as far as being able to help bring it back to home and bring it back to the right balance that it's supposed to be? There are 180 members in the House, the Georgia State House of Representatives. I would be one vote out of 180. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard for my wife and I to make a decision with two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, can I relate to that. <laughs> and in our city, um, over the eight years that I was mayor, honestly, Rick, this is the honest-to-goodness truth, every vote was a four to zero every vote i maybe we had a dissenting vote along the way in eight years but it it doesn't even make the radar scan. how in the world do you do that i believe it's through having lunch together through meeting together through being together through understanding each other listening i get a lot of that through my pastoral experience you're mad at me but if I spend time just to listen and find out what those are, and if I ask for your forgiveness, I didn't mean that. That was, thank you for bringing that to my attention, that I, I said or did something that was uh, not inappropriate. Boy, once you get in relationship, it's amazing what can happen. <laughs> you can really move forward. So it's, I would it's bringing be. bringing friendships into it. It's yeah. That breaking of bread, there's a reason for it. Hmm. And that's that's where it all starts uh when you're in business it's the same way you know go out have lunch sit down you learn who a person really is when you break bread with them 100%. because it's hard to be phony when you're sitting there eating <laughs> yeah we always thought maybe jesus had a weight problem because he spent a lot of time eating with people. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, he spent a lot of time breaking bread. Breaking bread with people, <laughs> Yes, yeah. he did. So I start there when it comes to uh, public policy. You know, in a uh, every legislator is assigned to a committee. And so you you, you're assigned by the, uh, the uh, chair 
to serve on. So I want to serve on the uh, edu- or the uh, um, agricultural committee because that's my sweet spot. I, I know farmers. I understand farmers. I know what, oh, there's a bill uh, that uh, I think this is in Idaho and it's coming this way, um, that a, a farmer's no longer allowed to fix his own equipment. You have to have the dealer come out because they're so full of computers. That's so now we're having a bill that had to be introduced in this uh, of uh, freedom to fix farmers freedom to fix uh, i mean you just think what are people it's thinking common sense common stuff. sense think about a farmer who's 150 miles from the dealership in idaho you mean he's way out there and that sort of thing and so what we i think one of the issues we have here is everybody wants to be in georgia why because it's because we're conservative and we're and we're good people down here but then we bring these values from other places and so now when we have the heartbeat bill that's been really attacked with uh with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, who's make, we've already made a decision. Mm-hmm. The decision is, um, after the heartbeat's detected, you can no longer abort. But you can abort if it's rape. You can abort, abort if it's incest. If you have an atopic pregnancy, that's uh, a, yep. you're not going to go to federal court. If you have a miscarriage and all these lies that are perpetrated, now we have to fight that law. All it, well, it's been fought in the court. We have to We've fight won. the lie. That's what the you lie, have to fight. absolutely. So in these kind of issues, people want to live in Georgia, but they bring values from other places that they're leaving, and I'm like. I've got a big assignment ahead, and that is we've uh, one of my guarantees when um, if I would be elected and have the pleasure to serve the people of Georgia, um, I'll have a town hall meeting, and I did this as mayor every month, not once a quarter, every month. I want to talk to people. Um, I did this for eight years, every month until the final couple of years. I thought. Boy, the same people were coming every time, and I could just press autopilot because they keep asking the same questions. But I will, I'll move the town hall meetings from section to section. I think an Indian, a person from India, will ask a very different question and need a very different Your answer views are different. than a person from Mexico or a person mm-hmm. from uh, Their issues Southeast. are different. Yes, and we've got to hear them. And some of them, when you really get down to it, there's a lot of issues that everyone has, mm-hmm. and some of them are different. But everyone has a lot of the same issues that need to be addressed. We all love our kids, and we want yep. them educated, and we want them safe. That's it. Last question I want to ask you is, there's a lot of people, a lot of stuff being said about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it fair to ask what you think of what's going on as far as uh, where we're at? I can tell you. I'll tell you from knocking on 5,000 doors, I'll tell you what they're saying. That's fair enough. And I'll I'll agree with it. Um, I ran unsuccessfully in 2020 for this same seat, same opponent, same seat. I was told in 2020, get off my porch. Take that golf cart of yours and get out of this subdivision. I was thrown off more porches. Well, I knocked on 6,300 doors in the entire campaign structure in 2020, and I was cursed at. I was told to leave. Uh, That was not good. Mm. This cycle, um, I'm an independent thinker. I don't align with a party. 
It's amazing. I, I it is, and when I walk up to the door, I'm on an app, uh, and I know if it's a Democrat or Republican and independent, I know how often you vote. I know how many voters are in that household. I know if you're staunch to the left, staunch to the right. I know all that information. So I walk up to the door, and they lie to me straight up. I am not. Well, I'm actually, they tell the truth at this point. They're not <laughs> they lying. They tell yeah. them the truth at this point. They have le- the party. They haven't left the party. I've heard so many mm. of them say the party's left them. I understand that. Yes. So I think when they say mm. I am an independent thinker, it could be where <laughs> where they are now. They've been kicked there. Well, let's say this. I when I get to a door to talk to somebody, I'm not about issues i don't come up hey i'm johnny and i'm a conservative and Mm -hmm. i'm more pastoral in the approach and that is i want to i want to be known as a person of integrity i want to be because you want to vote for somebody you think's honest absolutely and so i'm not talking issues so i never bring i haven't out of five thousand door knocks i haven't brought joe biden's name to the table one time that's just not i'm not running against him nor am i even running against the opponent i'm running for a vision i'm running for something not against Against something. something yeah and so people have told me this is a mess where we are in the united states is a mess can you help unravel the mess and i know whose name is attached to that and what those issues are and you don't have to make them say it you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think bashing somebody is really the issue i noticed the opponent that i'm running against has already come out with bashing you know name calling and all that sort of thing and i think oh that's so first grade I'm running with a vision to be able to address dozens of cultures. And I think right now in in Lilburn, I think we're, I just saw the statistics uh, last week, uh, white, black, Hispanic, and Indian. Those are our four big communities that are, and um, you put those people in a room We've got some conversations ahead. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll be on a ra- on a Spanish station um, coming right up, and uh, they look at me and they say, "The last time I was interviewed, they said, what are you going to do for our people?'" And I'm like, "You know, that's a fair question. You you're coming from a Hispanic. You've got some thoughts behind that. That and the assumption is there's not enough being done." And so my question is not, or my response is, here's not what I'm going to do for you, but my first response is, what is it that you need? What is it that you're feeling nervous Ignored about? Ignored about. Or no, yeah. Is it representation on a, then I'll help you to run for public office. I'll, I'll mentor you. I'll show you how you do that and, and how you get there. Most, a lot of people just want to be somebody, but it starts serve by serving. You know, you don't start at the top. You start because hearts are really important in, in getting legislations done. If I don't like you, if you don't like me, we're not getting anything done. Yeah. Unless we come to a meeting somewhere in the middle. We've got Sit to. Sit down and break a little bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Johnny, I can sit here and talk with you for another hour. Okay, but, I've but got, unfor- I'll clear, let me call on my people, we'll clear the schedule. <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> I yeah, can't. These do come to an end. Is there they? any 
points that you particularly would like to make to our listeners hmm. with regards to what's going on in your position, just whatever it is, just specific points from you? Um, I have determined to run for this seat, not because I have an ego that says I need to be in this seat, but rather because people have asked me to run. And so my dad used to say to me, Johnny, uh, you remember we live on a farm, he, he would always say, cream rises to the top. And so we had unpasteurized milk back in the day, and we would get our milk bottles and fill them, and then within hours that cream just starts coming. And I always thought, if I'm cream, which my dad said you are, that I'll rise and that I'll, I'll be available to serve. And it's not because of something that makes, but rather the greatest will be the servant. And so I think anybody who wants to get in the public arena starts by emptying trash for a city or by offering at the lowest level to help some. some I can't tell you how many people have said, I want to be on the golf cart with you. Can I ride along? Can you show me how to do that? And I'm like... Yeah, I'll show you how not to get bitten by a dog or how not to drop <laughs> through a deck that has uh, been there for years or <laughs> how to yeah. make people feel comfortable when you're walking up. And, and I'd love to be able to help people just move forward with changing a city and it doesn't ha- or changing a state, changing a district. It doesn't happen by people yelling, getting wild. It, it, it happens when people know that you really care about them and love them. So that's where I would... I'll come in at that level every time. Having serious discourse. <laughs> Good way to say it. So, well, I appreciate it very much, my friend. How do they get in touch with you to help you out, make uh, donations, yeah. work with you, whatever? How do they get in touch with Johnny Crest? Yeah, well, the first thing is that nobody listening to this radio is going to send a donation. <laughs> I don't you think. You don't know. That would be so, I would be, I would be touched deeply, but I'm... I'm more about let's move forward together. And if you're listening to this uh, broadcast right now and you're in somebody else's district, go help them. Be a part of what they're doing. And uh, But I am uh, johnnychristforgeorgia.com or just Facebook, Johnny Christ, and um, Johnny Christ for the letter for Georgia would be a, a way to direct get directed number four, everywhere. Or number number four. four, yeah, yeah. Johnny Christ for Georgia dot com. There is a donation button on there. Should I would love. I would be so. I would. I'd come and apologize if somebody would do that. <laughs> well, here, somebody do that because I want to have him back over here apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> I love apologies from from politicians. Uh, you you don't me. get them often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get money because I ask somebody, and it's out of a relationship. I I call my friends and I say, "Hey, uh, this is a very expensive campaign to run. Can you help me?" And I know people that are. Um, deeply concerned about the direction of the country and they don't know what to do and they think if I help you and you're going to be in I want to help you and that's as simple as it works and it's just lovely to see people that say I care and here's a little help well Johnny I appreciate Mm -hmm. it very much you coming on I wish you the best of luck in your run and we'll be uh, after you after you get elected. We'll bring you back on and talk uh, about what you what you've accomplished. I would be so 
happy to do that. That would be fun. Thank you for what you're doing here. Well, I, Man, I just I, I watch, and you've got all kinds of Gwinnishans of every stripe and every kind of business activity or sports or whatever. So I this love is this a, county. Been this here for a, yeah. 30-something years. And <laughs> kids went through Collins Hill. and I won't uh, hold that I, against you. Oh, that's okay. You know, if you... Sometimes you have to go to a good school. And <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services and in part by Sosby's Garage. Give John a call. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast every other Wednesday at 1130 a.m. here on Business Radio X. If you miss the live broadcast, no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime you want by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking, of course, on Case in Point. The program is also available on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, or whatever you enjoy your favorite podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, or to hit that subscribe button to Case in Point so you don't miss any of our future episodes. For my guest today, Johnny Christ and Mike Salmon, the producer, I appreciate it. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.